Our Lord and our God, we firmly believe that you are here, that you see us, that you hear us. We adore you with profound reverence. We ask your pardon for our sins and for the grace to make this time fruitful. Good evening, everyone. My name is Jen Bible. I'm a parishioner here at St. Charles. And tonight I'd like to take, take this opportunity to reflect on an emotion we feel sometimes in our lives, loneliness. No matter if you're the life of the party or a bystander, quiet bystander, loneliness affects everyone. After the past five months, it's easy to feel lonely. You may have experienced loneliness by relocating to Arlington from a place you call home, or a childhood or college friendship that did not survive the test of life's challenges, or the dreaded, I just don't think this is going to work out from a boyfriend or girlfriend that you adore. Right now, I am making my way through spending 98% of my time from home. Community and social activities that contribute to my sense of belonging have been postponed. And at times, I grieve to what life was like in January of 2020. Much of these past few months, I've felt out of control, not being able to be with family, friends, and not having the freedom to move freely. I have felt loneliness, and I've found it difficult at times to trust him with my loneliness. But Jesus knows loneliness. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46, we come to know Jesus' agony in the garden. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, my soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, so you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Withdrawing a second time, he prayed again, my father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without drinking it, your will be done. Then he returned once more and found them asleep, for they could not keep their eyes open. He left them and withdrew again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand when the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinners. Get up. Let us go. Look, my betrayer is at hand. We know Jesus suffered immensely in the garden. His anguish was deep. He knew what was about to happen and he was terrified. 
knowing that those he loved so dearly were with him. Jesus was aware that he could not rely on human support. He turned to his Father in heaven. He begged his Father to spare him, but succumbed himself fully to his will. You and I, too, are called to do his will. Loneliness is a painful situation that we endure. We can find comfort in the fact that Jesus has shared and understands our pain. Our loneliness can lead to seeking worldly happiness, but we know that we live in this world and we are not made of this world. You and I are called to actively discern God's presence in our lives. St. Ignatius teaches us about discernment the movements of God in our lives through consolation, engaging with God, and desolation, resisting God. I walked 14.7 miles on the Camino Santiago from the gates of Pamplona to the Church of Santiago. While the almost 15 miles is a very small percentage of the 500 mile long Camino, It was one of the most spiritually significant events in my life, where I felt extreme consolation and desolation. I started the journey full of consolation, walking with fellow pilgrims. The shouts of Buen Camino faded slowly as each of us took our own pace on the way of St. James. As time passed, I felt myself walking alone, feeling abandoned without a sense of God's presence, And if told, I would have believed that I was the only person left on earth. As I walked, I grieved and reflected on the struggles in my life and missed opportunities of not allowing God into my heart, where I resisted God. By the journey's end that day, I and the other pilgrims celebrated Mass. I entered the church to only find a seat at the front. Once seated, I felt overwhelmed by God's graces in my life, and I began to cry, like ugly cry, really, when the celebrant, whom I know, during the second reading, looked from the altar directly at me out of concern, and I, looking back, trying to convince him that I was okay. By the end of Mass, I was able to gain my composure with a renewed faith and a greater understanding of God's love for me. The spiritual transformation that I experienced in Spain of intense consolation and desolation in a short period of time may never happen again. But connecting with God on which direction my life is taking me, consolation or desolation, happens daily. I have to choose companionship with God over loneliness. And I'd like at this time to share a few examples of consolation and desolation with you. Consolation releases new energy in us. It's like an internal coach saying, you got this. It's where we feel loved and protected by God. God's desire to be in a relationship with with us and us with him is fulfilled. We thank God for all that he has done for us. One of the places that I feel most connected to God is the beach. Being at the water's edge and my feet sinking into the sand and the waves coming in and out helps me restore balance and reminds me that God is near. Pretty much every time I go to the beach, I take a 30 to 60 second video of the waves crashing into the sand. 
So when I'm feeling stressed out or not connected to God, I take a moment and watch the video, which connects me back to him and encourages me to spend time in prayer. Consolation also connects us more closely to community. Four years ago, I became a core team member of a program here called Dinner for All, whose purpose is to serve a from, from scratch meal that uh, produces uh, or used as a vehicle to create community and conversation. For a little over a year, I decided to move from the kitchen to the dining area. It was the first time that I was able to intentionally converse with our guests and volunteers without having the um, diversion of my attention to another request or task. At the end of cleaning up that day, I shared with a core team member that I had the best day. I had the best day because I witnessed God's love for me by recognizing the divine and the beloved in those seated at the table with me. In contrast, desolation does the exact opposite to our spirit. It drives loneliness into a place of despair. Desolation takes over our consciousness, allowing us to justify our sinful ways. In watching Hamilton recently, Lin-Manuel Miranda's characters, Hamilton and Maria Reynolds, stood out to me in the way they express giving into temptation, into sin, and what living in desolation is like. Lord, show me how to say no to this. I don't know how to say no to this. Say no to this. When we resist God in our lives, it attracts us to anger, cynicism, isolation, lust, to name a few. When we feel that attraction inviting us to sin, that is when we need to gather strength and ask him to help us by reaching out to family and friends, or perhaps imagine a moment of consolation in your life and meditate on it. I was unemployed for 362 days. Certainly I experienced periods of desolation during that time, not feeling worthy, despairing about my current state in life. It is by the grace of God, my family, my friends, my faith community, that prayer became my constant assurance that I would be employed again. And I was. St. Padre Pio reminds me, and every day, when your heart especially feels the loneliness of life, pray. In Luke chapter 22, verse 44, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Jesus teaches us above all things to turn to God in prayer. Prayer is the best way to determine if we are engaged with God or resisting his will in our lives. Remember, honest prayer is the best kind of prayer. When we accept God's invitation to thank him for all that we have been given and lay down the burdens we face, it will bring true peace and understanding. It is easy to be overwhelmed these past few months and honestly for the foreseeable future. But if we trust in him, we are not alone. God is with us every step of the way. After an experience of isolation or loneliness, we grow in virtue. I'm reminded of the virtue of hope. 
Walking through the Arlington County Fair exhibit hall, I came upon a foster care agency. And I had thought about fostering, but my one bedroom apartment at the time didn't support it. The agency representative promised me that if I shared my email, the agency would send me an introductory email and then it would be up to me to initiate contact. So I shared my email and as promised, the introductory email came. Two years passed by. As I am leaving the settlement office after just closing on my two bedroom townhouse, I glance at my email to find an email from the foster care agency sending out a desperate plea for foster care parents. In my car, I look to the heavens and say, too soon, Lord, too soon. While I still desire to become a foster parent, I find hope and comfort in Psalm 139, verse five, behind and before you encircle me and rest your hand upon me. God, help me in my loneliness with the hope that I may always do your will. <laughs>